0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Emmaus Road Youth Podcast. It is so great that you've chosen to tune in today, whether you're listening on the day of release or you're catching up with us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or on our website. It is awesome um, to have you with us. And some of you guys may not know this, but this is the first episode of season two of the Emmaus Road Youth Podcast. We took a break over half term um, to Reevaluate and get some fresh ideas for what we wanted the next term to look like. Uh, and we have got an amazing half term plan for you guys with these podcasts. So uh, I hope you're sitting comfortably. Um, we've got a great day and a great term planned. Um, but before we go any further, I think it's time that uh, we meet the two guests we've got with us today. So the first person we have is the very wonderful Jazz Jones. Hey, guys. Um, And we also have Isway Cozy with us today, um, who's going to be coming to speak to us a little bit later. We're going to get to know him. We're going to get to know him a little bit more. We're going to be chatting to him about his story, his testimony. But before we do that, um, why don't you each tell us... um, Well, first, I know I've sort of spoiled it, but first, tell us your name. Tell us how long have you been at Emmaus Road for? And then tell us what, what is like the one thing you need on your perfect barbecue. We've had like really hot weather over the past couple of weeks. And so hopefully... Um, there's been a lot of barbecues happening what is like the your your favorite food on a barbecue jazz why don't you go first your name how long you've been at Emmaus and your favorite barbecue food
1: thanks cool yeah so my name's jazz um and I've been at Emmaus for the last five or six years and I'm interning at the moment as a youth intern um and my favorite thing to barbecue this might be quite controversial but a big halloumi fan oh dear <laughs> Love a bit of barbecue, totally me. so good. <laughs> I know Isway. Straight loves for the cheese option. Me, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Isway, why don't you tell us uh, who you are? How long have you been at Emmaus and what is your favourite barbecue food?
2: Cool. My name is Isway, and I've been at Emmaus for about eight years now. And my favourite barbecue uh, food—it's a uh, Nice, you know, bit of lamb. You know, if 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 you put Ooh, whatever part of the lamb on the barbie yeah, you've got me going. Love that. Love come on, that. come on. So good. Yeah, man.
0: Uh, I think um, I think my favourite has to be. I love I love a really well cooked burger. Oh yeah. yeah, like burger with a bun, and like then you melt the cheese on top of it, like <laughs> so you put it on before you take it off. Get that cheese melted on. Bit of barbecue sauce. I just, yeah. You good. can put loads of things on a barbecue and oh, they yeah. will taste amazing, oh, but yeah. nothing ever beats the staple burger, uh, yeah, in cool my opinion. Cool. cool. I, I've actually had th- like three or four barbecues really? over the past couple of weeks. Wow. It's, yeah. it's the hot, it's the hot weather. Well, well I've, had,
2: I've, I've, I've had six, so I beat you.
1: What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you have had me. six, Oh,
2: dude. man. It is, right. I'm oh, yeah. I, I, I don't like about it. As soon as that sun comes out, the barbecue comes out,
0: Oh man. Yeah. That's great. Yes. I might have to I might I might have to light light a barbecue up tonight just to just
2: try and match your record as well. Oh dude. Yeah well good good luck with that. Good luck with that. We'll we'll see <laughs> we'll see at the yet. end of the summer who said more. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I, I I don't reckon it's gonna be much of a competition. No, no,
2: absolutely I'm really disappointed we just putting Putting cheese on their barbecue. I know, go I knew you would be disappointed. Go, go through as well. all, go through all that effort just to put a bit of cheese <laughs> oh, on a barbecue. I'm sorry. What sorry, is the point? Yeah, you better be sorry. <laughs> I love you two bits, but I feel like disowning you now for doing that. That's <laughs> oh, a crime oh, no. against barbecue. That, that is a crime so against fun. meat. That is. But anyway. Anyway. Okay.
1: Wow. Well, <laughs> that's great.
0: That well, thanks guys. Um, thanks guys for sharing that uh it is yeah it's great to have you both um with us today uh and Isway, this is your first time on the america Red youth podcast so um we thought we'd play a little game um to get to know you a little bit more so jazz uh, why don't you take over um and tell us what we're going to do next
1: awesome yeah so the game is basically we're going to give you two options so it's like would you rather
2: um
1: and i'm gonna for example let's i'll give you an example one i'm gonna say chocolate or sweets all right and and you would have to say which one you would prefer. Cool. So I'm gonna do it quite quickly, I'm gonna read them out um, and then you just give me your answer straight away. Yeah, go for it. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Number one, um, dogs or cats? Dogs. Fairies or princesses?
2: Princesses.
1: Zombies or aliens?
2: Uh, Aliens.
1: Summer or winter?
2: Definitely winter. Tea or coffee? Coffee.
1: Rain or snow? Snow. Flowers or trees?
2: Flap, uh, oh dear, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's it, both, both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I knew that one would trip you up. Um, McDonald's or Domino's?
2: Uh, definitely Domino's.
1: Beach or mountains? Beach. Pasta or pizza? Pasta. Music or movies? Music. Bacon or sausages? Sausages. Vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla. And last of all, Pepsi or Coke?
2: coke definitely coke zero <laughs> that coke, was good zero. answers good
1: answers yeah good
2: that is good i was
0: definitely surprised by uh, some of those answers <laughs> I,
1: knew
2: <laughs> <that the> flour- <laughs> I knew that you the flower the flower you've got me the trees. plants and the flower one uh, that that's a difficult thing to ask a horticulturist that's <laughs> yeah. a really difficult question to ask a horticulturist i
0: thought so yeah. <laughs> uh awesome well thanks thanks those way well. i feel like we know you um so much better now. Uh, oh. And so, um, yeah, is we, we're going to come, uh, we're going to chat to you um, in a second. Uh, but before we do, I'd really just love to, just, to set the context um, to what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start that just by reading um, a verse from Galatians 3, verse 28. And it says these words, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, mm. nor is there male or female, for you are all one in christ jesus now for people um listening um they would have probably all heard the news um from last week of the murder of george floyd uh, and that has sort of blown up around the world and it has triggered a massive reawakening of people beginning to stand up against injustice and particularly in the particularly the injustice of racism many people are beginning to look at what it means for those of us who have privilege and what we can be doing to break this down and stand with one another as one, which is what that verse in Galatians says. So Isway, um, you are a beloved member of Emmaus Road. Um, oh, you. you have two kids that are part of our kids' work of, of Emmaus and you're part of the worship team yourself. Yeah. Um, you're South African and we've been, yeah, we we were so glad you're here today. Thank you. Um, so that we can begin not just as, the three of us, but as like a wider community, yeah. uh, we can begin to look at this issue of justice and particularly through the lens of the events that have unfolded over the past two weeks. Uh, and more importantly, we want to be a people that try and learn more from you today mm-hmm. and the experience that you've been through, mm-hmm. but more from each other yeah. as well. So, firstly, thank you um, for being with us. Um, so, we had some fun getting to know you um, a minute ago, but why don't you tell us a little bit about <clears> your story? Uh, what was it like growing up in South Africa yeah. how did you become a Christian yeah, um, yeah just share with
2: us cool now, would you? well yeah as 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 you've already said my name is Israel my surname is Nkosi um, it's a very unusual surname I suppose in England but I'm afraid I can't change it it's the only one I've got and um, yeah I grew I grew up in South Africa now the place that I grew up in it's uh, it's in Pretoria but it's not actually a Pretoria it's it's on the outskirts of Pretoria we only refer to it as Pretoria because we share the same postcode but in reality it's nothing like Pretoria it doesn't feel like Pretoria it doesn't look like Pretoria it's not Pretoria but it looks economically uh, wealth-wise it, it, it's just a different um, it's just really a different place it, geographically yes we are Pretoria but it's nothing like. It's the part of Pretoria that nobody wants. Nobody ever goes to visit when they go to Pretoria or want to visit. It's a, it's a, it's a township. I grew up in a township on the outskirts, and it's called Soshanguwe. Um Now, uh, Soshanguve, the part I grew up in, it is probably one of the most uh, poorest places in in South Africa. Um, it is called Shanguve because of, um, during the apartheid time, during the apartheid regime, it was one of the places that the white, when the white government came into power and they were driving all the black people from the places to which they used to live and they were literally just stealing their livestock and stealing their properties and everything when when they were kicking them out. So Shanguve is one of the areas in which the black people were allocated to go and live in. And, um, yeah, so Shanguva is, uh, it's incredibly, is incredibly deprived. It's one, is probably one of the most, probably top 10 of the most deprived places in, um, in South Africa. This was about, you know, a few years ago when I was still living, uh, living back at home. And, um, yeah, and I, and I grew up there. My parents, my parents raised us from there and it is, um, yeah, it, it it was an it was not the easiest of places to grow because of, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, our parents only did certain types of jobs. They were just going to clean and to look after the places of the of their reach, and that's that's all they had. They had no education because of like during the apartheid, you know they they didn't get they didn't get to do much. They couldn't go to school. They couldn't do anything. They were not allowed in, and even to the schools that they did go to they were not school in a sense that most of you guys who are listening or w- would know a school to be it, it was just a random no. place where they just um were just they literally took them to but in the last few years um gove has kind of has kind of developed so soshangrove was divided mm. into blocks so you had uh you had uh, uh, soshangrove is the second largest township in South Africa so it was divided into blocks so you had block AA you had block uh B b block c c block d d block and so on and so forth and I was and my parents were my parents were allocated in block GG so we used to live in block GG I remember when we moved there there was no running water there were no there were no toilets there was nothing so everything that we did we had to improvise and this was as a result of um of segregation really this was as a mm. as a result of apartheid so my upbringing was not was not the easiest of upbringings because of I was brought up by parents who were incredibly uh who were incredibly um traumatized you know for, for what what we know now we know that we were raised by people who were incredibly traumatized who were incredibly uh, depressed who were always fearful for their lives because of um because of the apartheid regime that considered the black people as not people at all. And so it, it, it was difficult. We had nothing. They had they had nothing to instill in us in terms of values, in terms of um, self-worth, in terms of, um, you know, whatever thing you can think of that your parents have instilled in you. Our parents never gave us that. The only thing, the only thing that our parents instilled in us was survival. You had to survive one day to the next, mm. you know, so... Survival was the name of the game, and um i never i never saw i never saw a white person until I was about the only white people I got to see was on television i think the first the first white person I saw I was probably about uh about thirteen years of age. that was the first time I saw a white person, wow. and when I saw a white person for the first time, I was incredibly terrified of them because of um the only white people we knew—they were the white people that, when they came to our community, their parents would hide all the kids away in their houses because of—they uh, used to do some terrible things. They used to uh, come in and just—if they found you on the street when you're not supposed to be on the street—they used to beat our parents up. They used to do all sorts of things. So I grew up in that kind of in that kind of place, and and Sushanguve—it's very uh, well—it has developed a little since then. But now Sushanguve—it's one of the most um, how can I say, it is one of the most uh, economically, uh, it's it sort of diverse a little bit. Things have changed in it. It's like, it, it is typical of South Africa. There's so many, there's such a great divide between the haves and the have-nots. Uh, so in mm-hmm. Soshanguwe, you could be w- one minute, in Pretoria, you could be in one in one of the most beautiful and affluent affluent places, and literally about a few minutes down the road, and you could be in one of the most deprived um areas you've you've ever seen in your life and so that's where i grew up that's where i grew up from um and it was yeah it was just a rundown township with pretty much um with pretty much nothing really but just an instilled sense of survival just getting through the next day just getting through to today so that that is really the kind of um upbringing i had really so thanks isway and why don't you just quickly share with
0: us, like, how did you become a Christian? Well, um, what was your journey to faith?
2: My my journey my journey to faith was not a very typical one. Like I said, I was not I was not like I was not raised by I was not raised in a Christian family. We there was no, it was not a Christian family. In fact, I was raised in a, in a family that believed in idol worship. You know the kind of you know uh, the best example I can give. It was like. Type of voodoo kind of belief system, yeah. uh, where people literally worshipped idols, and it was an incredibly, um, it was an incredibly uh, weird thing if 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 you haven't experienced it or haven't seen it, like you know they they worship the dead, they worship all these kind of um, all these kinds of things, and then it, it, like some some people in their families, the last born or the first born or the middle uh, child has to become. A witch doctor or becomes a witch doctor and then you have to tell uh, you have to do all manner of things to um, uh, to to fulfill the traditional belief systems and uh, so I grew up in that kind of in that kind of uh, in that kind of environment and they used to uh, you know slaughter animals to sacrifice them to to sacrifice them to their gods as it were and um, so but it but for me me personally I was I was full of questions. I was full of... um. I've always been full of curiosity, I suppose. That's the best way I can describe it. I've always wanted to understand why things were the way they were. Why, Why was I so... Why was I so empty? Why was I so longing? What was it that I was longing for? There's always something I've always longed for. There's something I've always wanted, you know... No great education we didn't have a great education you know that is also partly the apartheid the apartheid system that really um sort of we were kind of deprived of that and even if you were at school it was not a great school but i've always had this i've always questioned why things were the way they were why were we hated so much why were we seen as less human why was there no so much love in the environment that i grew up in why there was then why was there no connection why was i so just empty and dry and there was something i've always been longing for but could not yeah. and could not reach and um one day a buddy of mine um a guy i knew from you know in our uh, on our street he started going to church his name was joseph he started going to church and and his demeanor was quite different the way he was was quite different the way he started just just his whole persona changed uh, with time and I envy that. I love that because of he. He seems to have had something I've always wanted. Um, you know, I, I've I, I've always thought I had I wanted questions answered. But what I really didn't understand was it was not so much questions I wanted answers to. It was more like I needed fulfillment. I needed contentment. I needed um, I needed to be filled. I needed the void that I've constantly felt to be. To be filled and so when he invited me to church I went um it was actually a youth service I went to and I and I went with him to the to the youth service I couldn't read or write uh I was about 15 then I couldn't read or write I didn't speak a word of English I, I knew nothing I could just communicate like that but for the first time in my life for the very and 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 I'm not this is not an exaggeration I'm not I'm not trying I'm not making this up I'm not trying to hype things up yet for the very first time in my life, I actually had words, I love you, being addressed to me. And this was uh, somebody speaking about God's love, you know, in, in the youth service. I've never had those words. I've never had those words. Mm-hmm. I've never seen love being demonstrated. So f- for me, love was just a weird concept. It was an incredibly weird concept that I could not fathom it. I never had it from my mom. I never had it from my dad. I never had it from anybody. So the first time I ever heard the words I was loved, it was somebody reading from the Bible and they were talking about how Jesus loved me and how he gave his only begotten son to come and die for me. And really, it wasn't was a lot of things that got me thinking. What got me thinking more than anything was the fact that I was loved. I could not I could not compute that in my head because
1: yeah. I
2: did not know what it was. I genuinely did not know what it was. For a lot of people who are listening who know what love is and have had it all their lives and they've seen it being demonstrated they've seen their parents hold hands kiss and and cuddle i i i grew up i grew up not seeing any of those i, I in fact i've never seen my mom and dad sit in the same chair i've never seen my mom and dad saying they love each other you know that, that there was more fights and arguments more than anything i knew that i knew that so i knew i did not want to be i i i i just had hate I, I was good at hating i was i could hate and I, I i could i just hated life i just hated i hated everything i hated what i was because i did not want to be it but i've always wanted the opposite of whatever it is that i was because of i knew that's where i would find fulfillment and um yeah so when i heard about jesus being loved that broke me i thought about that for days after that i thought about that for days because i've never heard those words addressed to me you know and I thought about that for days and and that set me on a journey to to want to go back to church and find out what this whole business about me being loved is all about so i I went there yeah. because of I had that there was an alternative to how I felt that there was there was there was fulfillment in Jesus that I could not find anywhere and i yeah. I thought it was just maybe it was just the pastor saying all the nice things about about Jesus and all that and and I went and um and once about a week later a week later on the next service, I remember they had some kind of festival going and I can remember giving my life to God and I I, I wept. I absolutely wept for I, I wept for about an hour or over an hour. I just I could not I wept uncontrollably. I wept in a way I've never wept before and um and 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 from that day something really got a hold of me. Uh, something really got a hold of me and 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 really what totally got a hold of me I think I understood for how I I couldn't tell you but I understood I understood love for the first time I and I felt it more than anything I I I felt loved more than anything for for the first time that day and and ever since that I've I've been pursuing this love I've been I've been pursuing this um this joy and 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 here and here we are and that led me from you know becoming uh, a youth pastor at my church and leading the youth and then after that I went and I was um and I was my pastor's assistant and after that I went to uh, I joined missions I went to um I joined um I joined OM and we were traveling on a boat for quite a long time you probably would have you want you would want to ask me about that a bit later on but as as for my as for my journey to faith, this was it. It was based on the question, why did I feel so empty and so hollow? What was the opposite of everything that I felt? And could I find it for myself? And on that night in that service, I, I felt it. I felt it. I got it. And I wept for days. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that feeling. Yeah. Never forget that
1: yeah. feeling. Wow. That is so cool, as we're hearing some of your story. Um, yeah, I've mm-hmm. loved it. Loved hearing that. And I guess... Um, the next question that I would love to ask you is, how have you, um, how have you found the last few weeks and everything that's been blowing up in the news at the moment with George Floyd and um, his murder, how have you yeah. found that and what's your experience of it?
2: This has probably been one of the most difficult uh, weeks in a very long time, in my whole life entirely, um, because of... Um, as we, uh, you know, as in case people don't know or can't hear it in my accent, I am a black man, and I grew up in South Africa. And growing up, in that, in that country where racism was so was so big, racism was everything. Basically, racism defined who you were. The color of your skin, the color of your skin determined which hospital you were going to be born in. And what kind of care you're gonna get in that hospital and um growing up being told that you are worth nothing as 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 a black person and growing up like that is incredibly is incredibly hard and i mean i can I can remember days when my dad would disappear, he would disappear for days on end because of he was in Pretoria working overtime and his employers could not be uh, could not be bothered to get him a to apply a permit for him to be out in Pretoria at the certain time of the night and he was eventually arrested by the apartheid regime police because of he was a black man in the center of Pretoria without a permit he would be arrested and he would go to um he would go he would go to prison uh for weeks and we would not know where where he was and that would be and that would be that would be very difficult. So you know, at the time when my mom came back, you know, with bruises and a purple eye because of she's been mercilessly beaten by her boss for something wrong that she did, and she would be so embarrassed to tell us about it, and she would be in bed, you know, for days without us, not without with with us not knowing what what has happened. It would be simply because of her boss had just beaten her up mercilessly. So my whole life has been. Uh, you know, it has been defined by the whole racism thing. And mm-hmm. uh, so the last week has just brought all of that back. The last week has just brought all of that trauma back, even though it's something that's always been happening, but that has brought all that trauma back and it has been absolutely, absolutely painful because of it, it almost reminded you of your worthlessness as a black person. Mm-hmm. It, it, this week it has made you think about your worth think about who you are it has it, it it has been a very traumatic it has been a very traumatic um it has been a very traumatic experience for and i don't think it's just for me but it's for every for a lot of black people who have suffered who have suffered the, the injustice that is um that is racism mm. prejudice and you know and oppression in one way in one form or another. I mean, that was hard. I mean, a lot of these videos, every time I see them, they absolutely break my heart and there is way too many many of them on the internet. But this particular one, I I, I don't know. I I just don't know what happened. It's like just something gave, you know, something gave. It it, it reminded you of, um, it just kind of told you your worth as a black person. And so... This week, it has been more about me literally just wanting to speak out. I, I just want to speak out. Uh, if You know, I, I'm very cautious about the things I put on social media. I've, I always have. You know, I, I, I'm scared sometimes to put things on social media that I want to put there because if I don't know how they're going to be received, I don't know what people are going to think of them. I'm afraid sometimes that people might perceive that as attention-seeking or seeking likes and reactions or anything like that. But literally, this last week, I went, I went loose. I just, I just couldn't be asked. That video made me feel like if I can't speak now, the feeling of being afraid to look like a fool would be far, you know, not speaking would be far worse than being afraid to look mm-hmm. like a fool. So I, I would rather look like a fool and speak out than just, than just sit there and be comfortable and not say anything because of, this has, it, it, it has been difficult it has been traumatic it it reminds you that you know for, for instance me as a black person you know a lot of people a lot of a lot of people even my, even some of my white friends when they want to go and visit a different country for holiday the first thing they check is they want to check if they can get the visa there that's not the first thing that comes to my mind when i want to visit any place the first thing that comes out in my mind every single time i want to go visit a place is i have to check what the racism status of that country is before i go to it i want to know how they perceive black people before i go there because of if i go there and i find that they do not perceive black people well then well that's for me that's 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 case done so i i wanted to speak against this injustice I'm, i'm i'm just tired of having to explain to my you know to my kids it's very painful to have to explain to your kids that their skin is not ugly that their skin is not undesirable um it, it's very difficult i as a black person i get to explain certain things to my kids that my counterpart who are who are a different complexion to me will never ever have to do in their lives you know i have to tell my kids on how you know if they get stopped by the police we a black person has to tell their kids on how they should behave differently from the person with the you know who, you know who who is different to them so it it's it's completely our way of life, and what we do is always dictated by the color of our skin. And really, the events of this week have just brought that even more in us You say, you know, you can't, you can't even ask to breathe. You know what I mean? You can't even, you can't be even given, be given, just room to breathe. the The, the police officer had a knee on a black man's neck for almost nine minutes, him begging him that he, he can't breathe or he just needs water to a point where a fully grown man has to has to ask for uh has to call out for his mother who was who was already deceased. So it comes to the consciousness of a black man probably different to the way it comes to other people and this is in a way that I wish I could fully explain in a way that would make sense. But but it really it really doesn't. So how has this week been? It has been incredibly difficult it has been very traumatic it has been very confusing it has been very emotional shall we say so mm. so that's that's how these last two weeks have been for me if i'm being totally and utterly honest
0: thanks uh thanks for that is we really appreciate you sharing so honestly yeah um there and i guess one of the um one of the, the positives that has come out of this uh, is that there, I said it earlier, there has been a, a reawakening of yeah. how much of an issue that this is. Mm. Um, and there's been a lot of um, talk on the news, and on social media. Um, how do you feel about the reaction of people on social media and in the media in general? Um, how does that make you feel? And yeah, where are you at with that?
2: Um, the response has been amazing. Uh, the response, I think... I think there is a nerve in our uh, in our of all this that has been touched that's never been touched before, or a mm. nerve that we actually never knew that we had. It, it was like, yeah. it was something something happened in the human conscious in the human consciousness that has never happened before uh you know given 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 the track record of all this racism and all but something has happened you know <clears throat> even people who were fighting against this injustice for years suddenly they found they found they found themselves with a different kind of with a different kind of spirit of fight you know there there's something has happened something has caused something has exploded something has been long coming and and and, and it suddenly happened and i think Their response has been great. You know, their response has been phenomenal. But for me, I wanted to go even further. I wanted to go a little bit further. I want Mm. people to speak out. I want people to speak out because of. Here's the thing: if you speak out, the more we speak out about this thing, the more we are sending a message to the bigots, to the racists, to the to the people who 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 hate other people for absolutely nothing basically for for just the amount of melanin that's in their skin basically that's what people are hating them on and the more people speak out the more people don't be quiet about it the more people confront this the more people don't just let it slide you know the more people just confront this whole issue of racism and the racists the more you know the more there will be justice the more there will be the more there will be freedom you know the the, you know People have to speak out. We cannot afford not to speak out. We have to speak out more. You know, we have to speak, speak out every day. Say this is this is not okay. Because of the more people speak out and speak to those affected, and here's the second part of that: speak to the people, speak to the people who are different to you. Because of if you Mm. speak to the people that are different to you and you ask them questions about what it is like to be them then you get to feel what they feel with them. Because of their response, you get yeah. to feel what it is that they're going through. Because if you see the mistake here is sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes as a black person, if I'm with my white friends, we can be in the same, we can be in the same, you know, we can be in the same environment, we can be in the same space, but we are not always experiencing that same, that same space the same. Because of, mm. you know, a, 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 as a white person, you, you get to, you get to just walk up to certain places and you are just there. For me as a black person, I am constantly aware of my blackness. I am aware that there are certain questions that I am gonna be asked that the white person or the white or some of my white friends are never gonna be asked. You know? And and understand that sometimes just because of you are with your black friends or your Asian friend your Asian friends or whatever your friends whatever ethnicity your friends might be from. Sometimes, just because of you are in the same space or you are in the same group or you are in the same church or you are in the same everything, it does not mean that your experiences are the same you know we you, 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 for instance uh, when i go sometimes i remember when i went to uh, when I was going to France with my with my family and my in-laws when we got to the border, every single car in front of me this was like a lot literally the traffic was moving, we were moving. And when we got there, and when they saw me as a black person being in the car, that was the only car I saw being stopped and that was the only car that was required to produce a passport and that was the only car that was um that was stopped and I was questioned as to what my reasons for going into France were Here I was in the same car with my family with my with my in-laws who happened to be white. We were in the same place. We were going through the same immigration. We dealt with the same person, but our experience was not the same. Our experience was different, mm. and the only reason why our space was different and we experienced that that particular, uh, you know, that particular experience differently, it's got it's got nothing to do with anything else, but simply because of I look different from everybody else in the car, we had to be stopped and questioned. So sometimes, when you ask those wow. questions, when you ask what it feels like just look around you there are certain experiences I've had with my white friends when maybe for whatever reason I got isolated from them for about a couple of minutes or so maybe going to the loo or going to get a sandwich it might have been in an airport in Hong Kong or it might be an airport anywhere where we have been it could be any of those places my experience of that uh, uh, of that space was completely different to my white friends because of they went on, they moved on. They were not questioned in the same way that I was questioned. So my blackness is constantly is constantly a reminder of who I am. And to be honest, it angers me, it frustrates me, it disappoints me. But I am sick and tired of being angry, disappointed, frustrated and shocked. There is a, there is a bigger feeling in me that supersedes my anger, that supersedes my disappointment and that supersedes my frustration. And that feeling is the need to change. I need change more than I want to be angry. I want change more than I want to be frustrated. I want change more than I want to be shocked. I'm sick of, of, of all these feelings that have never ever produced or done anything for me and my blackness. Right now, my biggest thing is I want justice more than I want to be angry. I'm tired of being angry. Yeah. I want justice now. And so that's, yeah. that's where I am, really. Wow. That's
1: incredible. Um, I guess we kind of touched on that a little bit there when we talked about when you talked about um, standing up and speaking out as part of the change that you would like to see. Um, and I, I guess I'd quite like to ask you what other changes um, are there that you would like to see through this time.
2: Well, like I said, speaking out that for, for speaking out, speaking out is 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 the biggest thing. I want people to also listen. I want people to also also listen, and and this is meaning listen to the people who are experiencing life differently from how you experience it. You know, ask them what it feels like, ask them what they encounter, maybe ask them, how did you experience, how did you experience that moment? Did you experience that moment differently from how I might've experienced it? And if the answer is yes, how did you experience it? Because of it is in that, that you get to understand and you get to feel with them. Uh, You know, you, you, you get to feel together. And, the other thing I really uh, I want to see changed is I I I don't want to, and I I really really do not want people to feel guilty. I hate guilt. We we are not in this to make anybody guilty. I'm not I'm not doing this to make anybody guilty. I'm in this to make people recognize that there is an injustice taking place, and it seems like yeah. the world, the, you know, the world has almost turned a blind a blind eye to this, or the world doesn't seem to have noticed. But now that you are your eyes are a lot, a lot more open than they were before, and you are beginning to notice this. Listen, listen, and get to experience what people experience, and then you know, uh, lament. That's the other. That's the other part. You know, that is that is the third part. You know, you have to listen, you have to uh, uh, uh lament, and then you also have to love. The, the lamenting part is very important, because of if you have listened, then you can cry with the same person because of you understand they are feeling. You understand where they are and 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 more than anything, you know try in fact don't try uh you know in fact, don't try, challenge racism, challenge it, challenge injustice, if you know maybe the young people are listening, maybe maybe in your school you know there is somebody who looks differently from you uh and then you you, you notice that they are being bullied or you notice that they are being um they are being harassed because of the way they look. Don't let that slide. Do not let that slide. Be brave, be strong, and face it and yeah. challenge it and speak out against it and say that's wrong. Your, you know, your, your heart for justice will always be rewarded. Your heart for justice will always be rewarded. You know, the, 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 yearning, the yearning and the longing for, um, for, for justice, as, as Martin Luther King once said, it says it's now starting to manifest itself. You know, you, you cannot oppress people forever because of Martin Luther King said, you cannot oppress people forever because of the yearning, the yearning and the longing for freedom eventually manifest itself. I'm against rioting. I'm against violence. I do not want violence. People who are rioting and people who are destroying buildings and people who are destroying property and people who are destroying businesses, those are, I'm not for people. Those people are not doing that in my name. I do not want to build, I do not want to bend buildings. I want to bend the bridges of injustice. I, 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 that's yeah. that's, that's wow. one thing I want. I do not want to destroy anybody's businesses. I want to destroy the injustices of racism. You know, I, I, I do not want somebody, I, I want to be seen and I want to be viewed as an equal. I am an equal. And, and, and so that's really the, 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 the three things I want people to be able to, you know, to change and to work on. Mm. Yeah, I love that um
0: um listen, lament and love. Yeah. Oh, I think that's that's amazing. And I think like you've you've definitely answered our final question there. It says like what can we be doing to stand up against um like this injustice? Yeah. Um and like you've um you've touched on that there to listen, to lament, love and to speak out. That's right. Um so like finally before we finish, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Um, just for like our viewers and uh, well, our viewers. Is there anything else you'd like to share for our listeners um, with about how you're feeling at this time, or what we can be doing, or extra extra steps can we take as, as young people in the UK, mm-hmm. um, particularly? Um, yeah, is there anything else you'd finally like to, to share with us before we wrap up?
2: Well, the last thing is um, racism. It's not okay. Racism. Mm-hmm it's not good it's ungodly the last thing I want to say it's something I said on the video that I shared on my Facebook page God created the world the way he created it because of he made because of he liked it because of he knew it was beautiful he created the world the way it was for the same reason that he created the creatures that live in the sea the creatures that lives in the sea you've got brown black yellow pink maroon all kind of colors of fish the reason why we go scuba diving is not because we want to see only blue fish. It's because we want to see color, we want to see diversity, we want to see beauty, and 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 then here we are. We live, we live terra firma. We live the place where we can breathe air to go and see different color under the sea, whilst we ignore the beauty that God has created and left right in front of our eyes. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy for me that we could do that. Here's the thing, my message is this, my message is God made the world the way he made it because of he liked it, because of it looked good, because it looked beautiful, and everything in it looks, is beautiful. There is no man who's got the right to tell another man that the other man is more important than the other, more, the other one is inferior and the other one is superior, none of that. We are all in this to display the diversity and the beauty of God, and therefore, everybody, whatever color you are, whatever way you look, whatever people have said to you, I want to tell you something that Jesus, that God says in the Bible. He says, you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. And there is nothing on earth that can stand against that truth. The only problem with hearing that, the, the, the problem is not hearing those words. The problem is believing those words. Never believe those words. You, you just have to know that you are loved more than you can ever possibly imagine or even believe. You will never believe and know how much you are truly loved, and it doesn't matter what kind of, it doesn't matter what skin color you've got. You are loved mm. just as you are, and you are beautiful just as you are. And God wants you exactly where you are, and don't let anybody tell you different. Amen. Come on, mm.
0: Isway. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks, thank dude. you so much for that, that Thanks, challenge, uh, and that encouragement um would you just pray for us really quickly I would and then love we'll sign to. off i would love to thank you
2: jesus thank you so much that we can come here before you um god would you please heal our land yeah. would you please please heal our land um lord jesus right now the world is fighting two viruses we are fighting COVID 19 and we are fighting this virus that is a racism and we pray that God, you would rid us of both. We do, we we don't want both. Uh, we we don't want we don't want COVID nineteen as much as we do not want racism. Both of these things they are horrible. And we pray that God, Heavenly Father, as you help the scientists and the doctors and everybody who's fighting COVID nineteen, I pray that the rest of the world, uh, the other half of the world, will be fighting against this injustice of racism. And we pray that God, Heavenly Father, this um this thing would not um would not grieve you that you would forgive us of it and we pray that god heavenly father you would you know our anger would be surpassed by the feeling of wanting freedom and justice for others in your name we pray amen amen
0: amen Amen. well thanks guys um, for joining us today Um, it's been amazing to chat. Um, and for those of you listening, uh, if you'd love to get in touch with us or you'd love to chat about anything that we've talked about today, remember you can do that by just dropping us an email to youth at emmausroad.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and if you'd love us to pray for you, we'd also love to be able to do that as well. Um, and so, yeah, that challenge we take with us um, to listen, to lament, and to love. Uh, let's be people that do that, um, not just this week, but for our entire lives. Um, Thanks very much for tuning in, guys, and we will see you all very soon. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Bye.